Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> oh, that was Kata, welcome, welcome to Women's Wednesday on Brother from Another. My sis, Zena. It is so good to see you. And we have yes. so much to get into because a team that both of us covers is having a lot of drama. Big news mm. came down from the NBA yesterday. Draymond Green will be suspended for game three of the first round playoff matchup between the Warriors and Kings. They issued a press release. Let <laughs> yeah, excessive I mean... and over the top action. So Joe Dumars did come back and kind of explain himself um, on top of what the actual press release said. And it was very clear that it wasn't a situational suspension. It was almost reputational. So I'll read a little quick. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green has been suspended one game without pay for stepping on the chest of Sacramento Kings center DeMontis Bonus. It was announced today by Joe Dumars, executive vice president, head of basketball operations. Suspension was based in part on Green's history of unsportsmanlike acts. However, it continues. It says Green's actions were in response to Sabonis grabbing and holding Green's right ankle after falling to the floor. Green received a flagrant two and was ejected. Sabonis assessed a technical foul. So after it continues to explain when it happened, obviously happened in game two. Very, very important game two. On the road, they ended up losing 114 to 106. It is also important to note when he was taken out of the game. Seven minutes remaining on the clock during crunch time. Warriors were fighting back. It was very tight. He was ejected out of the game. Warriors end up losing. Obviously, a lot of of comments on that uh, to add on a suspension on top of that. Yes, Kurt Heelan, welcome to the show from Pro Basketball Talk. My colleague, let's just get right into it. Draymond Green, he is suspended. Uh, Kurt, were you surprised by this? Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, it, it wasn't just me, by the way. You see, like, Damian Lillard and all these guys came down. Like, I, I was surprised they went there in the playoffs when you've got – there's a system in place. You lack up fragrance. When he got suspended in the you – know, I don't really want to relitigate the 2016 finals. But but he had reached the point, right? He had racked up enough, mm-hmm. of, enough technicals and enough uh, flagrance that that one put him over the limit and you're gonna he's going to get an automatic suspension. This seems a little early for that. Um, this wasn't, I, we can debate whether this was egregious enough for that. I, I, I really don't think it was. I, I'm curious what you two think about this. I think the fact that he went around and after it happened and played WWE heel, like running around the arena, hyping up the fans in front of Adam Silver, played a role. I think I, I'm not like, yeah. I'm not in the room. I'm just guessing that the way they took their time with this, Adam Silver had some say. Yeah. For sure. I mean, a number of players, you saw their Festus's former teammate, Dame Lillard, speaking out, calling this out. We know Shaq has given his thoughts on it. Um, yeah. A number of people. Yeah. 
And and even I believe Shams, because there was a report that came out earlier in the day, and it yeah. said he's unlikely to be suspended, unlikely. but a fine would you know would be imposed. And so later, when this came out, he also then tweeted like the Warriors were expecting a, a fine. I saw a number of of media right. members who cover the Warriors: Marcus Thompson, Tim Kawakami, everyone yep. seeming very shocked by this, um, just mm-hmm. not expecting this to be the result. So I was definitely surprised, but I mean, I think you're right. And that's what a lot of people are saying, that maybe the fact, the way that he behaved, you know, right after it mm-hmm. happened, taunting the fans, that that may have led to it. What do you think about that, Zena? I think you removed the stomp. Uh, I mentioned this in my, my topics for the day. I think it was the Draymond show, not the stomp, that caused the NBA to say, all right, enough. Uh, the reason why I'll remove the stop out of conversation, and a lot of people on Twitter are trying to compare this to what Dylan Brooks did to uh, Gary Payton II last year, where Gary Payton II missed a month from a broken elbow from the, the play that yeah. happened. This is different in the sense that, number one, Sabonis got up. Not only did he get up, he dunked. He chest bumped. Yes, I'm sure he's sore. Yes, of course, he's questionable for tomorrow. Personally, I think he's going to play, but... He, this is not something where he's out for a month, right? So it's not comparable in that regard. It's also not comparable in that reg- in the same regard because it wasn't as if this would have happened without the grabbing of the ankle, right? Dylan Brooks caught Perry Payton in midair as he was going up for a layup. There was no retaliation yeah. happening here. This is an equal, I won't say it was an equal <laughs> act of between the two of them, but it definitely was without one, the other wouldn't have happened. So I think that's why you remove the stop and the, the, the potential injury off the table. It 1000%, in my opinion, had everything to do with the taunting of the crowd, the antics after the fact. The NBA wants to avoid another malice at the palace, right? They don't want fans to in an energized, and I was there. I was in that arena. It was incredibly energized. You had fans shaking cowbells behind Bob Meyer's ears. I mean, fans were ready to do whatever they wanted to do in that <laughs> environment, okay? And that's why you can't have in the in the eyes of the NBA and the eyes of Joe Dumars, who is a mentor to Draymond Green, right? So there's added layers to yeah. who came out and denounced this. You can't have a Draymond Green getting on fa- getting on chairs, calling fans certain words. We all can mouth what they were, <laughs> um, and you just can't have that, right? And so, from from an NBA perspective, and so that I think that's what it was. It was the possibility of creating such an inch- a charged environment. And the NBA was like, you know what? We've seen this before. Do I think it's fair? No. I do not think it's fair for him to have a reputational uh, punitive you know, suspension in this case. Because again, a suspension like this should be about the actual action. But I think the NBA was like, we've seen this in Draymond before. Let's put a stop to it now. I still do not think it was a fair and I was surprised Uh, that he received the suspension. Well, there you go. Um, You kind of nailed it. I'm curious to know what you think, Kurt, because that was a lot of like what people were saying. This seems to be a reputation, um, you know, offense. Why why this happened? Because, I mean, you had earlier in the season, the regular season, if you recall, or was this last year when Jokic with one of the Morris brothers? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, last year, yeah. That was intentional, and he took him out. The shove. The shove, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. For, like, a a large part of the season. And he got one game for that. One game. And um, 
in an instance where um, Draymond Green did not initiate this, you know, um, for it to come back and be this kind of suspension, um, what did you think about some of the language that Dumars used and, and that they're kind of relying on his reputation to justify this? Yeah, it's funny. I first off, I love data. I love that touch. I didn't. I love that there's cowbells in the building. Like that, Phil Jackson <laughs> still is impacting Sacramento. Um, right. No, <laughs> uh, no, man. Honestly, I, this is a really old reference, but like, I feel like it's like a West Wing, where like everybody got in a room and put together a press release. Like, hey, we're going to have about 15 voices in on this thing. So I don't know how much of that is Dumars and how much of that is like a crisis PR spin and all this stuff. Cause it's like, and I, so I'm glad they had him come out today, but it's still, I don't know. I just, I think you're, you are really changing the course of a playoff series with this um, potentially. I mean, the Warriors are home. They've obviously been much better at home, but if you're taking the best defender off a team going up against the best offense in the NBA, that's down 2 0 right. you are, impacting the series dramatically and you know that and you to take that step on what's a borderline case to me at best mm-hmm. i mean look he was going to get in trouble you, you can't use the guy as a human trampoline man but but you can't to me like you said it was in other cases where a like you Dita said seven minutes of crunch time plus instigated by someone else those mitigating factors to me just do away with suspension i just i am really surprised that the nba went there and changed competitive balance that dramatically over this in in the first round i just i don't know i i'm i i was surprised that they went there i guess but i'm like i said i'm i got a feeling that this was i don't want to say ordered i don't think silver is the kind of silver is the guy who just wins everybody over to his side right like he's he's a consensus builder but he's really really good at it really good at it it's it's not the david stern world but he's really good at getting everybody to see his things his way well yeah you know you mentioned the fact of like the warriors you know at home they're you know better but i mean i I was sort of looking at that like how they fared this year when they play with draymond when when they don't play with him right and so i think they win only about like 33 and look this year this season is not the greatest season to look look at because if you just say without Draymond you don't know who else was on the court and they were missing a number of players this year but I mean you look at that with him um over 50 percent close to 60 percent and then it's like uh you know a third (laughs) without him so that's that's substantially um different and so and you know, Kurt, the other thing for me, because I know that this was something that none of the commissioners have ever liked for the NBA. I know Silver doesn't like it, but he hates the idea that people think like the NBA is sort of um, imposing their will and affecting the outcome of things, right? Yeah. Like in this situation. And so you're gonna have two two different incidences now. And even when you when you point out the stuff that happened with Graymon in 2016, and I also don't want to relitigate it, but the Warriors had a big issue with that then too because during the game, the refs themselves didn't see fit to issue something. It was like yeah. a little dust up. And it's because they came back 
and they put the, f- the flagrant two, then he had amassed the amount of points. So even though it was an accumulation or one, whatever it was, it was an accumulation of points. It's like you knew that by applying that flagrant that he would reach the limit. And yeah. then now it's like, you know, I mean, Joe Dumars, he actually said, I mean, in some of the, I was reading the back and forth between him and Woj, but they were like, what about the fact that the Warriors are down 2-0? And he's kind of like, oh, well. I mean, he didn't say, oh, well, yeah. but mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you have to take those things into uh, consideration. And so, but there's no way. You don't like the fact that people to this day say that you gave the Warriors a stimulus package. And now, <laughs> you know, if yeah. this if this series goes a certain way, that's going to be the conversation that's going to linger around it. And that's the thing. Like, this isn't... I didn't know the California... Like, you know, the NBA operated like California, like the, the, the three offender rule, right? <laughs> like, three strikes yeah. are gone. I, like, that, that was new, I think, for a lot of fans to see that these type of things accumulate in the eyes of the the NBA outside of the, the actual point system that we know to be a, a thing, right? Who knew yeah. that this was kind of just like building in the mindsets of the executive as opposed to you get a flagrant one during the regular season, it assesses a certain amount of points, it goes towards your seven that you get until you get a suspension, and then in the playoffs you get four. Like, right? Like that's what most people are yeah. used to and that's why this was so shocking because yes you get a flagrant two that means you get two points assessed in the playoffs you get four that means you know draymond's thinking about it a little bit right next time that he's getting in a dust up or he's getting to it and so i think that is the the part where it almost feels like overstep by the nba it's like you already have rules in place for how to assess this and get players in check uh and so this this feels like it's another little you know extracurricular to that and that's it and that's unfortunate and i agree like you know smith uh, excuse me holly said yesterday for all the people that aren't warriors fans for all the people that want to hate on the warriors if this series goes the king's way yeah this will 1000 percent be part of the narrative and you can't yeah. ignore it or you can't excuse it and that's unfair to the kings i'm not gonna lie to you like i yeah. give the kings credit they've been playing their butt off but this will now always be a stain on them potentially being the warriors yeah, it, it was it it was in 2016 too where I mean mm-hmm. I was at those games LeBron played about the four best games I've ever seen any human being play in a basketball series or the three games to get them back into that thing but I watched them after that game four and the, after that loss and they were mm-hmm. devastated and when the news came, you could sense it in the locker room you could sense it when they were at the podium the news of that suspension came down and there was a different energy around them. Suddenly like, hey, we can get one. And then we're home. And then it's a game. Like you could sense that they felt the path suddenly. And you're right. This is going to be now part of the narrative that shouldn't be there because you're right. Deer and Fox and the Kings have been better. Frankly, let's be honest, better than we all thought, right? Like better than we thought they'd be in this, on the stage. Yeah, you 1, know. 1,000%. I... <laughs> You know, it was interesting. It's it, the parallels to, to to 2016 are like uncanny. It really is because the the circumstances are slightly different. But because I was at Game Four in Cleveland in 2016, and I remember being at that game, Warriors go up three one, and I'm sitting pretty like, oh, they got this, you know. And then the news starts to come out like, and like you see the post game, you know, the pressers, and it it seems like the Cavaliers are like angling, like they're going to be pushing to the league for a Draymond suspension. Mm-hmm. And so after this year, after the game, 
I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Um, like, I mean, not a big deal. Like, I thought maybe a fine, something. But I didn't think it was going to be a big deal, Kurt, because initially, right after the interview, Sabonis was on TNT. He did, like, you know, respond to questions. He's like, oh, it's just competition. And, you know, look at the crowd. Everyone's in it. Like, no issue. But then mm-hmm. later, as the night continued, I see Mike Brown. And he says the... It'll be interesting to see what the NBA does. And then now I see Sabonis in an interview in the locker room, and he's like very solemn. There's no place for this. You know, there's no place for this. And I'm like, are they serious right now? Like, I just, it was just such a heel turn in the tone. Mm -hmm. And I I, I guess maybe because I, I, I understand that Mike Brown is a coach now for a different team. But I, I just, I was totally, did not expect that from him. Did you, did you think that they were going to like angle for a suspension? I thought they might privately. And I, I, what Mike Brown said didn't surprise me. I, the, the, the Montes thing was, yeah, he's, look, he's down there um, when it happened. Like, you know, there was a sniper on the grassy knoll somewhere. But it was, it's the European soccer mindset, right? I am going to sell this now. And after the game, it's just competition, whatever. I don't hold it personally and take it off. Like you said, until he got to the locker room, it was a very different interview. And there was a very different tone as if not to suggest that somebody would say, hey, we might have something here. But it, it was very different. The, what he said walking off the court and what he said, I don't know, I wasn't there 20 minutes later, whatever it was in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know, it's no secret I'm a Warriors fan. And I I just want to make this one thing clear because, you know, I am not here to kind of, I like, I think Draymond just needs to be able to exhibit better decision making. You know, he does. And at the same time, in the heat of the moment and in the heat of competition, and if someone's holding my leg, you know, I, I don't know how I would have reacted. So, but I get that because of his prior actions, it's going to be taken against him. And being that he has cost this team and hurt this team on more than one occasion, um, you, you would want him to hopefully just exhibit some better decision making. But with that being said, I just, um, I'm not like trying to condone his actions, but I mm-hmm. just think that the fact that Sabonis initiated it is just totally being overlooked. I, like it wasn't yeah. even upgraded to a flagrant for him. I just feel like that's just being yeah. overlooked and that part doesn't sit right with me. Um, so, you know, but I just want to make it clear that there are a number of like people who are around the Warriors who don't like what Draymond did. I mean, publicly, they had to oh, yeah, sure. somewhat support and defend him. So it's not everyone making excuse making for, for him. But two things can be true. The, the league can still have overstepped and went too far. And Draymond can also be wrong, right? And Sabonis mm-hmm. is um, not, you know, free Innocent. of any... Yes, in this. <laughs> yeah. I no, think that's my I big just, thing uh, is there's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kurt. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. My thing for all the fans and, you know, people of other teams being like, are the Warriors fans delusional? Did you not see what happened? Like, no, no, no. We're not completely saying that that was the right response. We're not saying that, you know, the antics afterwards were excusable. We're not saying any of that. 
We're saying to look at the entire situation, to look at all the contextual clues. And at the end of the day, anyone that is trying to compare this to when someone was egregiously hurt, that's not true. And you know that's not true. For someone trying to compare this to, oh, this is any, this would have happened in any point of any po- the season. Sure. But this is the playoffs when the Warriors are down 0 and 2. These are different contextual circumstances. And so that we're not delusional. We're just trying to be pragmatic in the way that we assess this. Kurt, you were going to say something yeah, before. No, it's just, it's not a Tuesday night in Orlando, right? Like it's, it, this is yes. different. And <laughs> this is when, this is when the NBA, and by the way, all those fine television partners uh, are making their money. This is when the ratings are up. This is when people are tuning in. You, we want, I don't, I don't have a dog in this race. I don't, I know, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of either team necessarily. Uh, well, look, man, if I have to go somewhere for the finals and I have to choose between San Francisco and Sacramento, that's a different discussion. But if... Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but I want good competition. And Warriors not having their best defender against the best offense in the NBA lessens that competition. It, it makes... It changes that dynamic. And I think if you're the NBA and you're going to change that dynamic at the most important time of year, you're right. Egregious is a great word. It had better be so over the top that you don't have a choice. And I don't, I just don't think Raymond's actions in total, I don't, dude, we love it when he does that stuff. Not, not this stepping part, the, right. the, the, the after, right? Like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of the show, man. That's just it is. He give him some WWE entrance move music. Let's have some fun with this stuff. Kurt, before and we let you go, oh, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to know: Do you think the injury to Sabonis played a role? And I'm saying it like that because I mean, he looks pretty okay to me. And they're saying he's questionable, but <laughs> I, I think yeah. he's going to come back and play. And also, should what happens to the player matter? As in, like when we brought up the Jokic example earlier, and it's like. Yeah. You know, more, the Morris was out for like a, a large part of the season where Sabonis is likely going to play. Yeah, I think it matters a little. Um, not, I'm not a fan of the, oh, you've got to be out as long as that guy. Because I mean, like you said, Morris was out yeah. 40 games for right. a shove. Like it, it, it was over the top. He should have been suspended more than a game. But hey, there's a line there. I do think the injury matters to a degree if you're taking a player, if Gary Payton's missing Mm-hmm. What it was weeks, as I remember, with with the elbow last year. But this isn't that. Like you said, I'm I, I'm I'm like. I, by the way, when Shaq said that last night, I'm like, thank God Shaq didn't step on somebody's chest, man. That would that would have been <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> that would have just been. But nah. Raymond, if if oh, this was. This was this was worthy of. I, I'll even live with the ejection, but the suspension is is. Man, it's just, it's just over the top to me. Agree. Kurt Healan, thank you so much, as always, for Thanks, joining Kurt. us. Okay. We'll see Anytime. what happens. Take care. Thanks <laughs> for having me in on Women's Wednesday, man. Oh, thank you for yes. joining us. Take Thanks care. <laughs> Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is it Wiggins coming to life? Is it Jordan Poole coming to life defensively or offensively or in some capacity at all? I, I mean, I, Jordan Poole, I have no help for him. Um, he, I, he's not a good basketball player, and at this point he's <laughs> getting benched in the second half for good reason. Hmm. Um, Cena. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw your face, and I was like, mm. uh, I didn't like those comments. Like, while I would have been interested to hear what Kevin O'Connor was going mm-hmm. to say about what the Warriors can try to do in this series. Hold up, full stop. Jordan Poole is not a good basketball player. Um, I have a problem with that statement um, for two reasons. One, just like, mm. who are you to to, to 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 call this to say this man is not a good basketball player? Like, who are you? Like. What level of basketball have you played? Have you done to like, do you know what it takes to get to the NBA? So it's just the audacity in the statement. But then the second thing is look at what he's done. Like he didn't get the contract that he got for no reason. You know, look at, look Mm -hmm. at these numbers that he's putting up coming off the bench. I might add. Okay. Um, close to 20 points. 20 points this year. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Girl, okay. Let's get into it. (laughs) Because the thing about this comment is, all right, Kevin O'Connor, go in a room with Bob Meyer and tell him that. Because Bob Meyer is the person, Bob Myers is the person that made that contract happen. So you telling me that Bob Myers, the person that has been able to do what he's been able to do with the Golden State Warriors and their and their dynastic run, that he can't assess good basketball players, go in the room with his entire team and you tell them that. Go in the room with Joe Lacob and, and, and Peter Guber. You go in the room and you tell them that. Go in the room with Steve Kerr, right? Okay, even if you don't want to go in that room, because you probably don't, because <laughs> they're probably going to tell you about yourself. And they're probably going to tell you what they're probably going to tell you what Clay Thompson told the media the other day. It's kind of hard to hear what a good shot or a bad shot or what a good basketball player is or a bad basketball player is from someone who's never played the game. Because I don't know that Kevin O'Connor has ever played in the NBA. Silence. So that being said, I'm very curious as to what you would say to all the teams that he has scored 20 or more points on. Right? Yeah. Let's go talk to them. Let's go talk to Toronto, who he put 43 points on in December. Yeah. Right? Let's go talk to uh, Portland, where he's dropped 41 and 38. Exactly. I'm sure you want to talk to that whole roster that he's not a good basketball player? I just, I think there's sometimes, especially with the media, it's so fascinating some of the, like, crazy takes that can happen from people who have never played the game 
and people who write off players so quickly. Pool, like Jordan Poole said this uh, a few weeks right before the playoffs started. He was like, I think he had scored, I don't know, 30-something points, right. went off again, pool yep. party went off again. And he told NBC Sports Bay Area, he's like, all right, so y'all see what I can do, right? right? So let's put some respect on my name. Let's stop playing around and not acting like we don't know what I'm capable of. And yeah. it's true. Sure, Jordan Poole has had some streaky games. He has had some games where he's had a lot of turnovers. He's had some games where he hasn't shot well. He's had some games where his shot selection was questionable. But to say he's not a good basketball player? I mean, there's so many people in front with that that comment. I'm sorry. No, it doesn't sit well with me. And and, and can we first remember that Jordan Poole is one, not yet even making the money that everyone is complaining about. So that begins next (laughs) year. So he's only making a few million dollars and he's giving you Mm -hmm. the amount 20 points he's averaging 20 points okay um last year led the league um in free throws right percentage okay beat his teammate Steph (laughs) was in the conversation for sixth man of the year but maybe because of the games and he was in and out of the starting lineup he couldn't really you know meet the criteria so in one season he's gone from that to a good basketball player. I didn't hear anyone calling his contract crazy this summer when he got it, right? And so I just, you know, this reminds me of the whole Andrew Wiggins thing, you know, and I remember because um, I think Nick Wright got on TV and said, Andrew Wiggins is not a good basketball player. And Matt Barnes was in his ass. Like, he was, like, on Twitter, like, (laughs) how are you going to say a dude? Like, people think it's really easy to just get 20 in the NBA. Do you see what Andrew right. Wiggins just came back and did after not being there for for m- months? Listen, Over I mean, twenty six games. Listen, twenty six games. Missed. Yeah. I I I don't work out for like you know two weeks and I'm <laughs> and I'm dying. <laughs> right. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's just like for you to take these like the, the and listen because especially if you follow me on Twitter, y'all know I be talking all kinds of ish, right? But say it. When I'm saying things about players, it's like, because I don't like them. It's because of competition. So I'm just like, oh, they're this, they're that. I name call. And some people may not like that, but I'm not doing it. I'm doing it in the spirit of like a fan. Like, I don't like Mm -hmm, this player. mm -hmm. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone knows I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan, not the biggest Kevin Durant fan. But I would never fix my mouth to say Chris Paul isn't a great, amazing player and one of the best point guards of all time. Like, what are we doing? So I just, I thought it was like ridiculous. And it really bugged me. It really irked me mm. when I saw mm-hmm. that he said this. So I just want to touch on it real quick. We, oh, 1,000%. And this is the perfect setup for what we're going to talk about next, which is who can say these things, <laughs> a.k.a. the other players within the league. And it was really cool to see uh, The Athletic actually did a poll asking these types of questions. Who's the best player? Who's the most underrated? Who's the most overrated? Who's the league's MVP? Who's the best player of all time? And it was really interesting to get these questions answered by the league's players, because those are the people that are, you know, qualified to say that. But the interesting one that that hit me was uh, most overrated. Yeah. Ray Young. That's yeah. the most individual. There were some others that had about 31% within the other categories of uh, but Trey Young got 14% of the vote as most overrated. Now, it's interesting that this headline comes out right now because we know Trey Young's struggling right now, right? Uh, his, actually, he's been struggling his last two playoff appearances. He's just not putting up the numbers that we're seeing in the regular season. 
But it was fascinating because I'm now thinking like, what does overrated mean? What constitute o- overrate, like right. being overrated? Is it is it the media attention? Is it the uh, amount of a uh, 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 power that you get within a program, right? Within an organization to build around you? Because, you know, that usually sometimes is the thing where a star player gets to dictate who your next head coach is or who gets to be brought around you. What constitutes overrated in the minds of the athletes? I'm very, very curious. Uh, is it jersey sales, right? Is it the contract size? And so I, seeing that was kind of like, hmm. I mean, I know he's a villain, for, particularly in New York. I know that. But I was I was a little surprised to see that he was uh, voted, or he was the most, had double the most amount of uh, individual votes. Um, so I don't know. What do you think is overrated, Matt? I mean, listen... I've I've done my fair share of uh, criticizing of Trey Young, not <laughs> not sure. not an extreme, but I usually get sort of triggered and annoyed when he's brought up in conversations with Stephen Curry. So usually, sure. my my sure. reactions are about just dispelling that myth and why he's not in that category of player. Not yet, we don't know what he can yeah. be. Um, Look, Trey, he, Trey is still, to me, also relatively young in his career. Yes, he's gone to mm. the playoffs. He's not like, you know, a young, young player, but he's still younger yeah. in his career tra- trajectory. And there's still yeah. room for him to evolve and improve his game. I think there's some things yeah. he probably does need to change. Think about how much he holds onto the ball. Maybe change his shot selection with respect to the three because... It's not that he shouldn't shoot them, but maybe the number and the amount he's shooting may be mm, a little mm-hmm. too many, right? And so those are things over time he has to refine his game. But we know that he's an ultra-talented player. We know that he's an incredible passer. Um, and it just may be one of those years. Players have down years. I mean, look, Steph went through the worst shooting slump of his career last season, and yeah. he's a seasoned vet. So, I mean, I found it funny. It was good for Twitter fodder. Oh, they think yeah. Trey Young is overrated. But... I do always just find it curious to see what the players think. The one other thing to me from that, which was really notable, yeah. was um, mm. MV- Embiid was their MVP. And only notable because 52%. I... 52%. Yes. I think outside yeah. of, like, his teammates, meaning Jokic's teammates, for the most part, there might be, like, a few outliers. But all the players that I've seen all seem to be with Embiid being the, mm-hmm. you know... MVP, and I just think it's notable that the from the players' perspective, you know, that's right. that's what they're saying. So, um, yeah, I like the poll. I always think those are pretty cool. I do. I love the fact that also because it's anonymous, you're getting true responses, right? I mean, even we were just talking about the Draymond situation. You're always going to have your teammates back in public, right? And so, being able to see the true mindset of people as they're evaluating who's the most overrated, who's the most underrated, who's the MVP of the league. Uh, that's that's cool to be able to see. Okay, all right. And also, it must feel good for the players. I mean, maybe not for Trey Young, but like, for example, Drew Holiday getting the most underrated, being the top voted there, and, and Embiid being uh, voted for MVP. It must feel good to like look around and be like, all right, y'all put some respect on my name. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan of these player polls. I hope we get, mo- mo- get them more throughout the season. I want a half season one. I want one right before playoffs. I want one at the end. Uh, preseason ones, I think those are the most interesting ones because they will influence how we think about players as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we were just talking about the MVP or 
probably soon to be MVP, uh, Joel mm. Embiid, who is in the East. But I got to tell you, right now, these playoffs in the East, Zena, for me, they are not doing anything. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> come on now. Um, to, to me, I just think this still proves that the West remains, you know, supreme. Yeah. Um, the ratings even show it. The ratings are showing that, you know, like the ratings yeah. are high right now um, right, for the right. playoffs. But they support what I think you and I both think, which is like the West is just um, better. Like the ratings from yeah. have all been the West games, right? So it's mm-hmm. been Warriors Kings which was the highest yep. rated series, which then also just makes their decision. Oh, we're not going to go back there to suspend Draymond. Just crazy. Yeah. But yeah. also like, you know, it's, 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 it's the Lakers series and it's also, um, it's also the Sun series, right? Look at the matchups the right series, now. Yep. I mean, yeah. look at these, you know? So yeah. it is, it's it pretty- is. It's entertaining. And the thing about it is, is the West right now has more storylines yes. between these matchups, right? When you look at the Clippers versus the Suns, you think about KD and Westbrook. You think about Kawhi and his comeback. Who's the best player of all time, Kawhi or KD? Or not of all time, but of right now, right? The most, that matchup. And I am just loving all of the excitement and energy around trying to see these storylines play out on the court. Uh, you look at a De'Aaron Fox clutch player of the year, and he is showing that I mean, in case you had any reservations around if he deserved that, he's been showing that in the last two games. And so I definitely think that right now the West is so much more, so much more entertaining. Of course. Not only from a game perspective, but because there's all these underlying storylines to it. And I mean, yeah, we won't re- we won't rehash it, but it is why this whole Warriors Kings situation and the suspension makes it even more dramatic, makes it even more um, uh, hyped up. And let's just be real. I know the league, you know, suspended Draymond for the antics probably more so than the actual stomp. That's how I feel. But those antics get them ratings. Yeah. Right. Those antics make people tune in. And guess what? They made people tune in then and they're going to definitely make them tune in on Thursday. And so at at some point we have to be careful around, you know, the the politics of how to compose yourself as an NBA player. Because let's just be real. We know those. Those antics are exactly what the NBA needs in terms of getting people to tune in live. Yeah, like we said again, Warriors the best rated series. And look, Thursday is going to be a big deal. And without Dre, also like we are going to be tuning in for uh, the clutch player of the year. De'Aaron yeah. Fox has been great in that series, and it's going to be you know time for Steph Curry to step up. You know, De'Aaron Fox right. versus Steph Curry. I mean. That's what that's going to be about Thursday. The Draymond Green mm-hmm. storyline will be hanging over it. But, I mean, you just got to – I just got to give a shout-out to Fox real quick because, you know, yeah. he is a player who I've always liked, really, really just one of my faves in the league. And yeah. so um, it's it's good. This inaugural award, he was able to win it, and I think that's pretty yeah. cool. And he's been it, – he's it's continued into the postseason. And sometimes those things, though the awards players win – um, or the, the mm-hmm. things they do in the regular season don't carry over. But in this case, it did. So I am really looking yeah. forward to that. Look, I know we have company to get to. But one other thing that I just want to just say very quickly, I don't appreciate the NBA scheduling for these playoffs, okay? Mm. Like, um, it is just very favorable to a certain <laughs> team in L.A. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is it that the Lakers have yet to play their second game? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I mean, no. I think 
I think our next guest who we're about to bring on is who covers mm. the Miami Heat. Um, they haven't played their second game yet either, but like they just have a large amount of time in between games. Whereas like the Suns have off like one night in between like several yes, of their games. Exactly. I mean, look at yeah. these two schedules between like the Suns and the Clippers versus the Lakers and, and, and there's the three days, three days on the left guys, 419 to 422 versus two days. It's all, it's every other night. Uh, it's not until game five that the Suns actually get three days uh, yeah. until their next game. So it's only two days in between versus three, uh, a few times for the Lakers. And it, it's, it's not even just scheduling for the, for the fact of the players getting a little bit more rest, but it's also just like timing. I mean, even yesterday, there were two Eastern Conference games happening at the same time. From yeah. a fan perspective, this isn't the NCAAs where they get, no. you know, YouTube gives you the breakdown or whatever, like the two, the four games at once. Like you have to flip back and forth. Then how late the game was on Sunday. Yes, and that's um, what Charles Barkley was upset about. But, and, and yeah. you know, they do usually do the doubling, but they don't normally put like two premier games on. And you're going to have right. Suns and Warriors within a half an hour apart on Thursday, two of the top-rated series right now. I, I don't know what was being thought of for this schedule, but just not very good. <laughs> yep. So, you know what, let's yeah. get to our company. Um, cannot yes. wait to talk to her. Uh, listen, uh, NBA, get it together. Suspensions, bad schedules, get your <laughs> act together, NBA. Yes. We will be right Please. back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That always is really challenging for competitors uh, when you can't be out there with your team. And you know, I feel for him. I do. Uh, because I saw that look in his eye. Being in the playoffs, you know, you work so hard and all year to be in this moment. Um, and I feel like I had I had some things to prove this postseason. So it was a, it was a tough moment. You know, I still, still can't believe it. It'll probably sink in, you know, tomorrow night when I can't suit up. So stay, stay positive and I'll be back. Ah, welcome, welcome, Siobhan Beslow, one of my faves from the Miami Heat Beat. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? How are you? Okay, great. There you go. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I am good. Um, 
It was looking like for a minute, okay, we do have you. It's looking for a minute like you were frozen, but okay, you're good. Um, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I wanted to have you on because we got some news uh, about mm -hmm. the fact that Giannis will now maybe be doubtful or, you know, may not be playing in this um, game. You guys, and I'm saying you guys because you covered the Miami Heat for the Miami Heat beat, um, you know, have lost Tyler Hero. The Heat took game one. And so there's just a lot going on in your series. Injuries are for sure going to impact it. But I want to know, like, your thoughts on the series to this point and um, – how these injuries affect it. Like, you know, I mean, there's, we, we have to call it what it is. I mean, Giannis is going to be out, but you guys also lost like a key piece. So what, <clears throat> what, what are you seeing right now for this game tonight that you will be at? So the last that I heard, he was upgraded from doubtful to questionable, which, um, you know, that's good for them. Um, fell on his back, fell really hard. Uh, he was able to play like the next couple of minutes and he he played a little bit in the second quarter. Um, I'm sure it got stiff, but he's had two whole days to, you know, rest, to get some treatment, to ice, to get some stem, get some heat, just do whatever, you know, he needs to do to, to be back on the floor. And, you know, Reggie Miller made the comment about um, Tyler Hero out or being out, being a bigger loss for Miami than Giannis being out. And a lot of people felt like a lot of ways about it. And, you know, I understand on the surface, you think, you know, Giannis, that guy, him being out is is huge for Milwaukee. And it is, but it's much more likely that Giannis returns for Milwaukee than Tyler does for Miami. And Miami all season long, we've had such a slim margin of error. We've needed every mm -hmm. ounce of Tyler's, you know, 20 point average to, to even get to where we are. And so, yeah, Giannis, you know, MVP, the, the, the guy that he is, him being out is a big thing, but Milwaukee has shown themselves better capable of, of handling themselves with Giannis out this season. I think they're 11 and eight without him and Miami is seven and eight without Tyler. And so, um, that's big. We have some pieces on the bench who should be able to fill some of that, some of those holes. But again, we've been inconsistent in showing it. So um, mm. I'm sure Giannis will be back or will at least push to, to be in game two. But Tyler being gone for, you know, the foreseeable future for us is, is big. Yeah, he mentioned that he regretted maybe diving for that ball. Um, and I thought that was interesting that he said that because you always kind of hear players talk and it's just like, especially in like the playoffs, it's like, they're just going to go for it. And you can't be think like, if you're thinking about risking injury or all of that, then that's problematic. Yeah. You're not playing your best. And so I'm just curious your thoughts on his remark. And are you concerned going forward about how he may be when he does return? Mm. I mean, I don't see him returning our playoff stretch because I don't love No, I just Miami meant like now. in the future. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I think I think he recovers okay. Um, I think you know hindsight is twenty twenty. So of course, probably now he regrets the dive. Um, but I'm I'm not going to knock him for his heart. I'm not going to knock him for his hustle. Um, we had the shot clock in our favor, so maybe he didn't need to in that particular moment. But I, I I'm not going to find fault with him. He was playing really well before he had his juice going, and so I can understand like being a competitor and diving on the floor for loose balls. It's the playoffs. It's what you're supposed to do. So that was a very freakish injury. Um, it just sucks though now that he hasn't been healthy for us the last couple of playoffs. But this one I, I can't fault him for at all, really. Siobhan, when you when he said that he had some things to prove this postseason. Can you elaborate on what you think he meant by that? Well, 
So he he was moved into the starting lineup this season from the bench. He won six man of the year last year. And in the beginning of the season, we had a lot of kind of turmoil um, with just some reshuffling of the lineups with him and Caleb moving to the starters. Um, and, you know, he's averaged 20 throughout the season. And, you know, that's been cute. That's been fine. But like I said a little bit earlier, he hasn't been able to be available for us. Um, this playoff now, last season, when I've been a proponent of of him and, and the idea that he would have helped us in the Boston series with his game, the, his ability to get into the mid-range and kind of pick apart some of those, um, the pockets in, in Boston's uh, drop defense. And so um, he's aware that people uh, have expectations of him. And, you know, mm-hmm. what we do in the regular season, it matters. You know, all the seeding and all that stuff matters. But this is a time of year where, you know, you need your horses, you need your guys. And and he, I think he is correct in his understanding that he did have something to to kind of show up and improve in this playoffs. And it is unfortunate that he, you know, probably won't be able to. What are you yeah. thinking is the outcome for this series? I mean, it seems like you believe Giannis at some point will be back. So um, what's your, if you do a prediction, what 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 is your prediction right now? What are you thinking? So uh, I've been in a little sneaky side chat, um, and I have had Miami in six quietly. It's not so quiet anymore. <laughs> it's not quiet anymore at all. Um, but we we played Milwaukee tough over the over the years, and if there's any team that I think we get up for, it's the them and you know like the Boston's, and so um, mm. maybe seven, but. Um, I, I have faith. I have faith in playoff Jimmy. I have faith in that Bam will continue to find places to, to be aggressive because he's needed and that the rest of the guys will, will kind of pick up some of Tyler's slack. So I'm going to say I'm going to stay with my guys in six, seven tops. But, um, you know, I, I have us winning and that may be a little bit of homerism, but I'll take it. <laughs> I hear you. You know, with all the injuries uh, um, sort of clouding, I guess, this series. There was a lot of conversation because Giannis was one of two players that got injured because of a charge call. And you had a whole thread Mm. and you had a lot of commentary on that. And so (laughs) I'm just, you know, I would love to like show all of the thread, but you're here, so I don't need to do that. Um, But I would like to know, um, I know where you stand, but you're against um, getting rid of the charge altogether. Here you explain, you know, um, outlaw undercutting an airborne player. But what what you it doesn't sound like you think we should get rid of it. So could you just tell us why? No, like, come on. We at some point we have to we have to allow some room for defense to play defense. You can't hand check anymore. Um, they're already finicky with some of the touch stuff, um, mm. and you know I, I want people to be a little bit more precise in their language. Um, the undercutting of airborne players is where people have a problem. The stepping beneath a guy who's already taken off is where we have a problem. But a charge um, can occur at any point on the floor. Like if I'm defending mm-hmm. and I'm hedging a screen, you run into me, that's a charge. If I'm in the post, you lower your shoulder, that's a charge. And so to remove the charge altogether would be taking away a whole avenue of, of defense or of possible defense Um for players and at that point we like what are we doing like we we can't pretend then that there's any space to play defense unless if you take out the charge then you then also in my opinion have to take out the blocking and the hip riding or you have to put the hand check back in because what means Mm. then do i have to play defense okay i 
I'm happy you said that because it's you're right. It would open up a Pandora's box of what physicality means on yeah. defense and how do you play, right? Like, and referees, I love the way you put it in your thread too, being specific about your words and how you're assessing this and also being specific about how you referee the game and how you're yeah. looking and evaluating these different things. I 1000% agree. And, you know, the people that are calling for that to be taken out are probably reacting to these injuries. Right. It's and a lot of overreaction. Kind of like, what you... <laughs> well, what's new? <laughs> what's new? What's but new from NBA also, fans? Like, all three of them, Giannis, Joel, and Ja, like all three of them tried to dunk on a defender who was already there. Giannis and Joel, y'all are seven feet tall. Like every, all three of them had other options than to than to continue their path of of getting the charge. Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to get a couple quick predictions from you very quickly in the West, and also quick take Suns. Suns, um, Clippers, who you got in that one? And who's the best player in that series, KD or Kawhi? Or is it someone Ooh. else? Or someone else. Okay, so I think I have that going seven. Um, I want to I want to lean Phoenix, I do. But I think I'm going to lean Clippers. Um, Kawhi might be the best player in that series at the moment. Uh, I preference for me. I just prefer Kevin's game. I prefer his body. I prefer, you know, some of Kevin's intangibles. Um, but Giannis, or I'm sorry, Kawhi is is what averaging? Yeah, like 34 and a half. He's playing fantastic defense. He locked Kevin up one time. Uh, went coast to coast, dunked it, and, and handed it right back to him. And like that's cool. <laughs> so um, <laughs> and handed it back. Like here so, you go. Yeah. Here you go. I'm done now. This is Thank you, my brother. <laughs> um, but, yeah, done here. I agree no, with you. I, I, I don't, don't know, know why people... Yeah, I think I'm going to go Clippers. I did not know why people were considering the Suns like to be like, oh, it would be like an upset. So I agree with you. We're going to stop mm-hmm. there, you know, because I don't want to cut you short. Thank you so much, Siobhan, for being on. We got to get you oh, back on you. and talk more, all right? Yeah. My hoop stress, my girl. Good to meet you. Have fun oh, tonight. Thank you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Zena, it has been so such a fun time having you on with me today. Thank you for joining me on this Women's Wednesday. Hey, guys, look who's on the screen, though, besides us. Just want to let you know we are going to be having cast members from Peacock's Bel Air, Adrian Holmes, a.k.a. Philip Banks, Uncle Phil, and also Jordan L. Jones, Jazz. You know, if you're not familiar with this show, you should get into it. It's going to be really good. It is really good. It's going to be a great conversation tomorrow. So I'm so excited to have them on, especially because of this whole love story going on between him and Hillary's character, Coco Jones. Mm. Have a great day, guys. Zena, love you. Appreciate you, sis. Love you always, sis.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.